All right. Hello, everyone. Hi, bowlers everywhere in the world. The Euro has begun and so has the excitement. We have had so many matches already. It's got us going and we are ready for the Euros. All excited. And today we have in the panel Nihar, Aditya and Lokesh, myself. How are you feeling, boys, with the Euro? Pretty good, in fact. I mean, it had its moments. Everything was the heartwarming moments, goal screamers, and yeah, the high-scoring games, a bit boring ones too. I mean, I think no underdog uh, upset any big one to date. So I think it's pretty good till now. I mean, rather than what I was expecting, few boring matches. But yeah, I'm happy with how the things are going out right now. Hmm. How about you, Aditya? What do you make of uh, the start to the Euros? I mean, it was okay. I would, I would have liked more, you know, goal scoring, you know, left, right, and center matches. Uh, I mean, it was okay. It was an okay start. The matches are picking up. You know, teams are, you know, the second day is almost, second match week is almost uh, on our toes. I hope the second match week is more exciting than the first match. Yeah, very much true. A lot of drama, quite a few uh, uh, dull games, a lot of uh, goals in a few others. And uh, yeah, I think as Aditya mentioned, we can expect uh, more goals, uh, better quality in uh, games with bigger teams, uh, you know, yet to play. So as, uh, you know, uh, the tournament is going, let's start off with Turkey versus Italy. Uh, I think it was uh, one of the perfect matches uh, to start the tournament where Italy was solid uh, in their opening game, uh, winning 3-0. So what did you make of uh, Italy winning the game, uh, Aditya, against Turkey? I mean, it was Italy were just brilliant. I mean, Mancini and Italy, have uh, they, they are a perfect combination. They have been on a fantastic run. Their defense looked yeah, that rhymes as well, you know, Mancini, Italy, uh, playing brilliantly. Uh, what do you make of that, Nihar? Uh, I mean, they are a very well-old engine by now, I feel. As I said in the previous episode, that they are unbeaten from 2018. 27 games, 75 goals scored, 23 scored against. And they took it into the game. I mean, Turkey is no way a smaller team. They were treated as equal as Italy, considered among the bracket of dark horses. But the way the Italy, Italians played the game was astonishing. I mean, the veteran duo in defense, the midfield, the midfield is what that amazes me. Yeah, they had a very good attack though, but yeah, the midfield, the way they are able to find those passes, pretty good to watch. They're not afraid to sit back and play when they had the lead. They were always in the opponent, Turkish side, and they were always threatening whenever they move the ball, move the ball forward. So I think they're a team to watch out for going ahead. I really don't think big teams would sleep on them, for sure, seeing after the first game at least. True, true, very true. Uh, uh, a very solid performance indeed uh, by the entire team. Uh, you know, well guarded by Jorginho. Uh, Barella had a good match. Insigne, Immobile and Berardi, all the front uh, attacking players also had a good day. Uh, they were solid at the back. Overall, a very good performance by Italy. You know, it showed glimpses of uh, uh, the classic Italian side uh, that they were. And uh, Mancini's got them playing well. And another point uh, that we have spoken earlier of uh, in terms of substitutions, 
we see a lot of managers uh, making use of the five substitution rule. Well, good to see that uh, you know player rota rotation is going on. More people are getting the chance to play as well. But all right, what do you make of uh, Turkey? And uh, you know what chances do they have uh, going forward in the tournament? Nihar, what do you think? Suicide when you have to play only three game three games in the group stage because one more loss you're out of the tournament practically, and losing it. 3-0 against a team which dominated you in and out is something hard to digest for any Turkish fan or the players or the staff. Okay, they do can take some uh, good. I mean, they can hope because the other teams are not as good as the Italians. So, I, I mean, at least if they try hard, they can finish third and try to advance to the later stages. Okay. Yeah, as things stand now, I'm not optimistic regarding their performance because they were literally so bad. I mean, I don't know how to keep it with the Italians so good or the Turkish were so bad. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, they should pick up. I mean, they really can't give in these kind of performance and expect some luck to favor them. Okay. And they should go in. I mean, they should improve by a lot and they don't have much time left, I suppose. Hmm. Nice point there. So, Aditya, what do you make of... Uh... Uh, this Italian team and, you know, they're facing Switzerland next. Uh, what are the chances? What are you expecting in that game uh, for Italy and Switzerland? I'm expecting easily to comfortably win. I mean, Switzerland, they did not play as, you know, comfortable as they would have wanted. They, they were subpar in terms of their match against Wales. I would expect with Mancini's tactics and, you know, their the confidence at uh, next level high or expect them to you know even even you know have three wins correct uh, rightly mentioned uh, there uh, you know talking of the other match between wales and uh, switzerland who are in the same group they had uh, quite a dead rubber playing a 1-1 draw and uh, as you mentioned uh, they both the teams did not seem like uh, they were able to kick on and, uh, you know, play really well. So, yeah, I think both of them need to uh, improve a lot for them to be able to go ahead. What do you make of the uh, draw, Nihar? Ah, it's pretty boring, I feel. I mean, ah, frankly, I turned it off after polls. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't exact much. I, I didn't exact as much. But, yeah, for uh, Turkey, they drew 1-1. One -one, so, they are not exactly lagging by three points to one of those teams. Uh, I, really, I really don't know who will among either of them can. I mean, they have the potential to not get out of this tournament in group stage itself. But yeah, I mean, both the teams have one specific good player. They can never really compete at the highest level to give a scare to the big teams. Any big team can actually sleep on them. <laughs> all right, all right. Some harsh opinions uh, against Turkey and uh, also Switzerland. But let's see, surprisingly, uh, this was, I think, the only match where the managers used only two uh, substitutions. Uh, probably they didn't uh, believe in the bench strength. So, yeah, I think they have to uh, pull up their socks. And, uh, you know, unless something drastic happens, Italy are going, are going to top the table. And it's for anyone uh, to grab the second and third place. All right, so... Not much to speak about Wales and Switzerland more. So let's move on to the highlight. Denmark versus Finland. I mean, the game was so shadowed with uh, a lot of drama, with uh, something so scary for uh, Christian Eriksen, wherein, uh, you know, he collapsed while playing. 
it 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 definitely shook the entire world and especially the uh, football fraternity but thank god he is okay uh, he is doing fine he is back we don't know we need more results or tests to see what exactly caused the the cardiac arrest and why exactly he collapsed but the main thing is that he's okay uh, let's hear uh, aditya's reaction about uh, you know how did you feel when you saw that moment on tv you you to the weird moment you don't usually see players drop you know having heart attacks on the pitch you would expect you know football players you know they are fit they you know they go through all these tests you know we would not expect have a player go through heart attack it was a very weird weird experience i will i mean the medical and you know the medical staff the referees they were brilliant in the match the referee stopped the match immediately when he saw erickson you know go down on the floor or on the pitch correct trying to you know give him cpr uh, them uh, the medical staff having the defibrillators you know to restart his heart the fans i mean it was just brilliant i mean a beautiful moment in football yeah very much so uh, one more uh, a lot of players to uh, mention here especially their captain uh, simon kerr who made sure that uh, you know christian eriksen uh, did not swallow his tongue and um, he cleared his airways for uh, him to be able to you know go on to the next uh, uh, level of treatment so let's hear from uh, nihar what is your reaction every stakeholder involved uh, at that moment or that match uh, namely the match officials the medical staff both the team's players both the managing staff the audience i think everyone did their job perfectly you know they all lived up to the spirit of the game you know the right. as you said the captain how he tried to you know basically he did the first stead in a way and how yeah. the danish players lined up around the players so that the media won't cover them and how the finland supporters threw away their flags just to you know form a blockade around eriksen when he's carried on carried away and even the referee in 5 seconds he spotted something is wrong and he alarmed the I mean he alerted the medical officials to come on but everything was very good and everything was good it's heartwarming when the way the fans were chanting eriksen's name when the then there was a brief halt in play and even the way the uh, finland players uh, applauded the danish players commitment to return to play the game even after that mental trauma they faced for the last two hours prior but i have really two problems with the entire stakeholders involved here one being the okay. ones who are handling the cameras another being the ufa ufa firstly if some yeah if something happens like that it shouldn't really show the player it's really wrong it's i mean yeah you get it i'm like something controversial you'll get out of it but it's ethically wrong you really can't show him what if a player passes on the pitch i mean how traumatic it would be for millions of people watching over the globe mm-hmm. and yeah good thing danish people took a stand and covered him and secondly being ufa i mean uh, they really don't have brains i mean uh, i'm getting a bit out of line here i mean yeah the, they gave an ultimatum to the denmark team that either play the match in the next two few hours or come back tomorrow morning uh, afternoon and play it or forfeit the match trainel how can you give an option to a team which who lost their one of the you know beloved players on the pitch and they don't know how he is going to be because the situation appeared so uh, hazardous 
Correct. Still, UEFA. Yeah, yeah. Get it. UEFA has some protocols in place, but this is something beyond the game. No one expected. There is no rule written. What will happen if a player collapses? The player has a heart attack on the field. There is no rule ever written anywhere. They should have made some exceptions. Thankfully, okay. nothing bad happened to Eriksson. He is fine immediately, and he's FaceTimed his teammates. They came to play the match later on. But still, imagine what would have happened. I mean, what if something went wrong? It would have been very bad PR for them at least. They got saved. That's what I feel. They really got saved. Correct. Uh, just a question out there. Uh, do you think the players were forced to continue playing on the same day? Why don't you think they, the players, chose to play the next day? It would have made some difference, right? Uh, see, you could see, right? See, uh, next day means they have to keep it. Uh, see, if they have to play next day, firstly they already trained for this game. And yeah, the, their player, the collapsed Eriksson is fine. So yeah, they kind of got a bit relief going into the game. But if you play the next day, again, there will be, a, you know, the travel logistics and also that uh, there will be one day less for them to prepare for the next match coming up, right? I mean, there will be a bit of a logistical issue and other headaches too, rather than, and also the fan support might not be there. So I but think they prefer only- to play back right then because they already, well, see, first thing, the relief they had is like, uh, Ericsson is fine because he spoke with them. And even that reflected their performance on the field. So though they didn't win the match, they dominated it throughout. I mean, we can see that. Correct. So, uh, so yeah, that's as, the thing. Correct. Very well mentioned. The main uh, factor or the most important thing was that, you know, the player survived and uh, nothing uh, bad happened to him. So that's the best thing that we could take from, the mo- from you know, what happened uh, to Ericsson. And it was a very uh, harsh call or a decision for, uh, you know, I feel it was a harsh uh, decision for, uh, you know, having everyone to continue and uh, massive respect to the team, uh, Denmark especially, for them to, you know, come out and still continue playing. And as you mentioned that, you know, they did uh, come out and they tried their entire best. They tried to win the match for... uh, themselves and Ericsson especially, but could not do so. Uh, but then uh, what the highlight of this uh, match or year, what happened was, uh, you know, all the fans coming together, as you rightly mentioned with uh, the Finland supporters giving their flags, uh, the Danish players uh, making a barricade so that, uh, you know, the cameras do not get more angles of Ericsson in a bad uh, manner or in a bad light, which can be viewed to millions who are watching. And uh, also of the team uh, fans, uh, you know, supporting each other, calling out Christian Ericsson's name. I think, what did you make of this uh, highlight, Aditya? How did you feel uh, towards that? I mean, the fans were brilliant, man. I mean, them. You know, both sets of fans chanting Christian Eriksen's name. I mean, that was just brilliant, man. You, you they, they, you know, in a very, uh, uh, you know, harsh and a very difficult moment, all the fans came together and, and showed spirit, which was actually very, very rare, you see, in, you know, in a game. Yeah. I, I, that, that's what I just loved about that moment. Okay. What were your thoughts about um, the fans coming together and the sportsmanship shown by uh, all of them here? How did you feel? This was nothing scripted. Nothing can be scripted what happened. Everything was so genuine and heartwarming. And even you have to applaud the players of Finland. I mean, 
the goal they scored in that match is their first ever in any major competition their country represented in and still the players didn't celebrate they they just uh, showed Short a bit respect. Res- bit of respect to erickson i feel that i mean but everything was very good man i mean that match is full of emotions i mean it shows like why we love this game at the end no egos nothing it's like everyone wanted him to be fine and everyone respected each other there when I mean, knowing that it's a you know major game in a european championship still the players gave it all and they respected the opponent everything was so heartwarming except for the intervention of uef at uh, midpoint true uh, very rightly mentioned uh, that you know nothing is nothing like this can be scripted and uh, everything that happened was uh, pure emotion uh, genuine feelings and uh, game being played by uh, both the teams uh, brilliant sportsmanship uh, shown by uh, all the fans and the thing of cheering uh, erickson's name uh, during the uh, interval was some was a sight to watch uh, you know this is what we love about the game this is what we live for this is what uh, we want to see uh, wherein the sport irrespective of football or anything fans together are the best thing that can happen to sports and together we can uh, overcome any obstacle and go forward in a much stronger way and so yeah as you mentioned talking a little of the game denmark had 22 shots six on six on target 70% possession but so unlucky that they could not get a goal and finland just managed one shot one one on target one goal and they won the match uh, football can be uh, you know cruel uh, Uh, at times as well so you know you cannot help uh, these things but i definitely do feel that uh, denmark would be able to come back stronger the next match will be uh, much better for them i hope they'll be in a much better mental uh, state and they will be raring to go and you know everything is just uh, beautifully set up for them to uh, fight stronger uh, to fight uh, more for they have everything to play for now i don't think they have anything to lose anymore they have gained a massive respect of uh, everyone in the world and talking of uefa uh, i think uh, the decision is quite controversial and we can have an entire episode on uh, talking about their uh, decisions let's not do that today let's carry on with football i think that's what here we are here for on a lighter note talking about belgium versus russia nihal what do you make of uh, the game between belgium versus russia where they scored three goals to beat russia uh, let's talk about belgium later on i mean the russians i think they were high on drugs or something when they played world cup back you know when they knocked out spain in round of 16 <laughs> i yeah. don't know man i mean i never really see them turning up in any of the tournament when the one tournament they turned up and they literally played good was in russia the world cup one Welcome. Considering that Belgium's three nil doesn't exactly signify that they had a tremendous outing on the field. Yeah, they were decent. They were good, but that level of good won't do good against big teams, namely Portugal, Germany, or France, which they might face later on. But yeah, you have to accept that they still don't have the best two players, De Bruyne and Hazard, on the pitch. Still, they got the job done. Three points, you know, three goals. I think a good net sleep for them. But yeah, I mean, other than that, they stick to the same formation: four-three-three, three-four-three. Pretty good in that, and no complaints against them, though. But knowing that their best players will come 
onto the pitch eventually going to the injuries they had coming to the russia though no hope again i mean they will be lucky if they finish third or they can even go out i mean no surprises there so that's my point on that okay some harsh uh, opinions on uh, russia uh, as such what did you make of that aditya you know i agree with you know nihar here i mean russia were awful in that match I mean, if you look at Belgium's goal, the first two goals that they scored, it was because of Russia's you know blunders in the defender not able to clear a cross. The other was you know uh, Russia's uh, goalkeeper you know fumbling the ball. You you're you're in a tournament. It's a do or die situation. You would have to think that they would have a much more concentration. They would give their hundred percent. and even belgium they were not you know they were not the belgium of you know the world cup you know where they they were playing so brilliantly their link up play was so awesome they were they were just brilliant the last world cup but i expect if uh, you know hazard and de bruyne are back they might play much better okay talking of that their next match is against denmark so you saying that uh, belgium uh, haven't really got their pace going but they still scored three goals now they're facing a resurgent uh, denmark team what what's your expectation of uh, this game i mean they denmark i don't think so they they don't have you know that i don't think so they would be able to control the midfield all the game against belgium belgium even though they are missing players they are not at races i think they should win comfortably against denmark uh, in spite of uh, denmark's new found say motivation and uh, aggression i mean yeah i mean yeah that you know them playing for you know ericsson is a it's a very ma- it's a massive motivation but motivation alone can only take you so you know so far you know it's it's up to the manager and the tactics and you know the quality of players and then the they belgium they have a much better quality than denmark okay very well put uh, aditya let's hear uh, nihar's thoughts on uh, say the next match what do you make of uh, belgium and denmark uh, so belgium is going to win i mean i mean i really would want to rub it in denmark right now because it's really sad thing they're going on but if you consider the power the belgium have the strength and the overall the player agility and abilities so it should be an easy win, but at least i would be happy at least if denmark manages to get a draw yeah. i'll be happy because genuinely happy because you know i know what they're facing through the scare they had and it's too much for a player to ask for considering they had the players had a very lengthy club season so i really wish they draw or a win for you know denmark i think it would make every fan happy out there even the belgium fans to an extent as long as they finish first okay uh, let's see just a small tidbit uh, from the belgium versus uh, russia match uh, there was a bar uh, in belgium who was giving out 100 free beers for every goal scored so there was about 300 glasses of beer given away to the fans uh, because of the three goals that's a nice uh, gesture and a quirky way of uh, you know showing their support to the team uh, i wonder what they would do uh, to in their match against denmark and uh, honestly i 
I would uh, want Den. See, right now Denmark don't have anything to lose. I feel they have gained uh, massive respect for uh, the sportsmanship and the fight that they showed, even in terms of uh, their mentality. Uh, it was they were too strong. So I think they can be dangerous a little. And Belgium not uh, really up to a mark yet. I kind of think, or uh, again, as you mentioned, I hope. Denmark are able to get something out of this game. I would really wish for that to happen. It'll be good for um, see. I think everyone. And you know, it'll be. A you know, I want to boost. add a point, Lokesh. Here. Yeah, go ahead. I don't care which player scores ten goals, fifteen goals, ten assists. I really don't care. But I personally feel that my man of the tournament is Simon Kerr. I mean, Simone some Kier. things are above football. Some things are above football, and that guy, the way he acted, I think he really stood above the rest of them as a human being. To be foremost, at least. I really don't, and I, I just can't get into technical stuff. But yeah, I mean that guy will be in my mind forever. I feel now, whenever I think about any Danish or Denmark team from here on. Yes, uh, very true. Uh, huge uh, kudos and shout out to uh, uh, their captain. You know, Captain uh, Marvel uh, Simon Kier. He took the first step uh, towards, you know, so that Christian uh, does not swallow his tongue. He cleared his airway so that he's able to breathe and then uh, called upon uh, the officials and the medical team to give him treatment. And another shout out to uh, Michael, who went over to uh, Ericsson's family and he started consoling them. Again, massive respect to all of them for, you know, making the guard uh, around Ericsson so that uh, the camera angles don't get there. So, yes, good good point uh, there about uh, them. So, yeah, they gained massive respect. So, it, though they lost the match, uh, I think, you know, they won uh, millions of hearts everywhere. So, a uh, lot of drama and um, a little controversy there, but let's uh, keep that aside. Uh, let's get back to um, the next game. That was be. That was uh, between England and Croatia. It's coming home, you guys. You think England, you know, every time England win, uh, the belief comes, it's coming home. What do you make of it, Aditya? England versus Croatia. 1-0, Sterling scoring in Wembley again. Yeah, I mean, it was a match that was managed well. Coming home, I'm not sure. (laughs) They still have to... Okay, talking about, uh, yeah, it was quite strange uh, to see Southgate playing Trippier on uh, the left uh, back position when he had Luke Shaw, he had uh, Ben Chilwell, and also he didn't uh, start with, uh, say, Sterling. Um, and uh, who else could you think of? I think, yeah, so these many I mean, players. Look at that, even if you look, Sancho and Chilwell both were not even on the bench. Uh, correct. It was so Southgate mentioned that he needed cover in uh, different positions. So that's why he didn't name uh, uh, Sancho uh, on the bench as well. But uh, we don't know. So let's hear from Nihar. What do you make of it uh, with the team? It's coming home only if they finish second in the group. There's none. It's not coming home at all. So coming to the team formation, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have. For the best of uh, Premier League last season, uh, concluded season, I suppose. And he should have not tinkered with the players' positions that much. And yeah, I mean, that is going to bite them, you know, at some point because they really can't expect a big team to forgive them. Because, yeah, 
how to say yeah out of position players tend to make mistakes at some point they can't really be world class at each and every moment so big teams pawns on those small mistakes small negligence or a bit complacent the big teams pawns on them and coming to the match against croatia or uh, one thing i'm very happy about the, is that their defense in the midfield too they completely outplayed the midfield for sure which includes yeah. uh, luka modric so yeah i mean coming there i mean the verticality is bit lacking so i really didn't can't really blame the attacking line to score more goals they really had very less opportunities and they indeed managed to score one so and with hurricane being there so i think they'll score more goals considering is the right players plays on the pitch and okay. one more problem i have jack gilish is the best player they have he's not starting he should start yeah there are other good players not uh, undermining any of the players abilities literally england have 20 good players who can walk into any of the teams but yeah jack gilish right. is the best one out there right now and he should start doesn't matter who is dropping he should start he's the best among the lot and yeah i think you know having too many players at your own disposal is generally a luxury but southgate is taking it you know treating it in an opposite way i think he's going it's going to cause severe headaches considering that the other two group games uh, less quality oppositions compared to croatia they managed to get the so it would be a cake in the walk for them to top and yeah so i mean it will be a tough time for them you know to gel up on the so i think that gives them the tournament at some point correct so they are pretty good defensively and uh, in midfield too correct so yeah the next game is against uh, scotland and uh, croatia would be playing uh, czech republic uh, just quickly what are your thoughts on um, the two games um, nihar both the big teams are winning england will win easily and even croatia will like like to punch upon the loss against england i don't really expect scotland or czech to shock these teams at all considering okay. the squad depth and you know the squad values of these two giants have okay what do you make of the two games aditya i mean i would expect england to you know win the match against scotland okay but i don't know check republic might surprise some people mm. uh croatia don't have a number you no know, good number 9 at the top check republic winning the first match against scotland the striker scoring two goals one was a really one of the best goals this season this whole calendar year you yeah, never know check republic might surprise yeah i have the feeling as well that uh, check republic uh, would be able to uh, uh, you know do something or cause an upset and finish ahead of uh, croatia but uh, let's see that they had a good uh, win against scotland winning 2-0 uh, and uh, but yeah they will be facing a much better squad now uh, let's see what happens but i kind of see that you know czech republic finishing ahead of uh, croatia but that is to be seen uh let's uh, let's hope for the best of there then moving forward i think to the best game that we have had so far netherlands versus ukraine 3-2 first half was you know just setting us up for all the goals and all of them came in the second half five goals in the second half boys that was some uh, match to watch what did you make of it and the goals uh, aditya i mean it was a brilliant match i mean in terms of goal scoring both the teams 
you know attacking at both ends even the first half they, 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 the players were playing well depay had a ch- lot of chances to score he was you know vinaldum scoring a goal vinaldum being there very you know you would expect vinaldum to you know control the midfield instead of you know scoring goals playing at number 10 he is really good considering they don't have their main players like uh, you know donny mandebi and bojur mandai they, they they are pretty good they seem convincing enough for the win for the match true uh, nihar quickly uh, what did you make of the match and the goals uh it's pretty good attacking from minute 1 both the teams were pretty good in counters and everything depay was unlucky to not to be on the score sheet but still uh, they had their brain fade moment for 5 minutes and friend came back with two goals eventually they found the winner the dutch the dutch uh, netherlands ones and also they have we have to say that they don't have the key defensive personnel in matthias dillet and also van dijk missing out of the tournament altogether but i think things are going good for uh, netherlands right now because the manager was under scrutiny over the team management and the tactics because they were since kimen left the dutch were not that great as they were before for two years under kimen uh, it's still i mean a positive win 3-2 you can have a good night sleep i suppose so yeah overall i mean you shouldn't concede shouldn't concede too many goals if you really want to win a tournament uh, in knockout one especially so overall i think it dip- i mean it will they'll be better eventually because the little be coming back he was he is ready in training i guess today so uh, so yeah that depay is still yet to score so i think he is going to be a threat constantly yesterday we saw how he literally not make the player with that one inch precision and almost scored a goal only to be saved by the keeper so things are going good for them right now so i think they'll be optimistic but yeah they have to look take a look at the defense right now true it's uh, two huge uh, quite a few players uh, missing for in the defense line right with uh, uh, delight and van uh, van dijk not being there it's a huge loss for uh, frank de boer but uh, he still is playing very compact they seem solid it was uh, you know one one goal of uh, yarmelenko that was just pure world class i don't think anyone could have done anything or there for that shot uh it can be considered as uh, one of the nominees for goals of the round at least and uh, they were sloppy for the second goal uh, did not uh, see the cross coming in did not mark the player and uh, let in a goal but it happened in 5 minutes uh, as such so apart from that i think they did defend well and uh, yeah they need to cut out on uh, these kind of mistakes they need to be aware and concentrate on the entire game i do think they would be able to do uh, pretty well as well and uh, talking of ukraine good match uh, played they the first half uh, they did try to counter a lot more but they were lucky to not let in a goal uh, the netherlands uh, they were looking like you know they should have scored uh, two goals in the first half itself but it did not happen but yeah by far it was one of the best games uh, of the of the tournament uh, that we have had till now now that just sets us up for uh, for the matches uh, hopefully we have much better games uh, coming up let's look forward to that and once again i would like to highlight at the end of uh, this talk the main thing is football it's the main thing is the fans 
and we need to stick with each other share share uh, all our support and love towards everyone make sure uh, you know all of us are in good mental state so that we have a good tournament going forward uh, i there was little thing talk about a few people booing in the england game, game. Uh, we hope that does not happen the players are under uh, massive scrutiny and pressure so let's give us yeah, uh, lokesh to add point on that yeah the winners board by an english uh, player is actually a jamaican and fans are protesting against the black lives matter so what's the irony of it we shall talk more of it next time till then see you ballers take care uh, uh, be safe lots of love to everyone guys